what if you really can have it all? No, really. What if everything you think you desire is only a starting point for the life you're truly capable of creating? On Love, Life, and All Things Weird, we playfully explore topics from money to magic, healing to wholeness, creation, relationship, business, and more. There's no place we won't go. Nothing too wacky or weird in the quest to live as grand a life as possible. Hosts Megan Silito and Suzanne Stoffer are the embodiment of opposites attract, and the result is true synergistic power. Partnered in love and in business, they're taking co-creation to a whole new level. Join Megan and Suzanne for Love, Life, and All Things Weird, where we will talk about living a life that's inspired, overflowing, and completely awesome. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Love, Life, and All Things Weird with your hosts, Megan and Suzanne. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're super excited to um, um, kind of be starting a, a series. We don't, all the times we just kind of go with what's coming through, but our experience with the Waitaha tribe was so impactful and so powerful. We really want to bring some of our experience and our and what we you know what we experience and expand on it a little and with regards to last week's show it felt like we just barely touched the surface of the mother wound so i think there's like a lot more to talk about with regards to you know what healing really is and and what it requires and and looking at there's something you know in our culture like we are a storytelling culture like that's how that's how we get our messages across. That's that's how we connect to one another, and um, and you know we can use our stories to really like hurt ourselves and to attach to limitation and to hold it as true and my version is true and you know and and I think you know countries uh, tend to fight over you know, what story is true. And so we want to really talk today uh, and go over the next few weeks into the process of really learning how to, how and when the thing actually serves to heal and how we can use it to set us free rather than cage us and, and train us. So what do you, what do you have to say to that, Miss Suzanne? Um, yeah, I mean, and this was my idea, um, this, um, this series, um, because I, um, it's because, you know, for a long time, um, as an adult, um, even in therapy, I remember the therapist wanting me to tell my stories of my childhood, right? Like, um, the therapist would share, like, what happened, like, what, you know, what had I experienced and I, and, you know, I had experienced a lot of abuse, a lot of, um, emotional, physical, sexual, um, all kinds of abuse, tons of abuse, like any, any amount of abuse that you could think of. I had experienced it as a child. And I remember at 18 leaving my family home and basically just saying, I'm, I'm done with all of that. You know, like I'm being married and I'm leaving this family and I'm leaving my past behind. I'm leaving all that behind and I'm creating this new um, version of me, right? And so, and here I am, it's like, you know, a few years later and I'm in therapy because I am replaying all those patterns and all that stuff is like coming back to haunt me, so to speak, right? And um, and it's it, it, so it was a really fascinating thing because some of those stories I had never told to another human being. I had never shared um, uh, what I had experienced and what that felt like, and. Um, I remember a particular moment where I was shared a story of um, uh, an encounter with my mother and the therapist just looked at me and she said, with so much kindness and empathy, and she said, wow, she's like, Suzanne, there's, that is like an intense, difficult thing to have gone through. And her empathy 
just literally like I just felt pieces because the adult me um, had tried to just get on with life and had tried to just move beyond. Um, and so I, all of the trauma in my body, all of the shame and guilt, all of the emotional stuff that had been stuck because I just was trying to override all of that came pouring out. And it, it set up, you know, basically that moment set up a lifetime for me of leaning into the places and spaces and the the story of my life to excavate and to bring forward. And, you know, I've read a ton of Brene Brown's work and, you know, that shame really hides in the untelling, you know, like those dark secrets, you know, that we think nobody can be with, um, that we can't possibly talk about. Um, and yet the actual sharing of them in a place of non-judgment and safety and witnessing is what sets all of that shame free. And, you know, I was reminded of that on the Waitaha tribe because there were probably three people, three people who shared their story, um, their stories and had shared specific details of, of trauma and things that had happened that they had never shared in a group that some of them had never even said out loud. And so, you know, it is, and Papa was very much about like, what's your story, right? And telling the stories of the tribe. And so it reminded me so much of the power of storytelling and the power of being witnessed and honored, especially, especially for those, um, those things that you're uncovering and those, um, painful woundings that maybe you've never ever um you haven't thought about that you haven't ever shared out loud that you've just the adult you has tried to get on with right um and so as it says i think you know there's a incredible like balancing act with regards to this because Stories are the, are just that, they're stories, and they hold a lot of energy and emotion, but they're also, if you get stuck in them as far as the definition of who you are or as a, uh, or being a victim to that, then it really limits you in your possibility and in your choice to live a different life going forward. And yet, if we just um, discard or try to spiritually override or to just not be with the emotion or the energy or the wound to begin with or the little ones inside of us, then we also do a disservice. Um, it's like we cover up the wound with the Band-Aid and, um, and then we're ever wounded with regards to that. And so it is this um, process of um, not making the story so, so incredibly significant, powerful than you, but also to um, honor that was your experience and that that was how you felt and that was the energy that came up for you um, in the moment and to navigate through that with as much compassion and empathy and kindness as you can. Yes. And it's a fine, it's a fine line. And I have to say, you know, in all of my coach training over the years, um, the people have had various different sort of modalities or, or things that I was trained in have differing views on the story. And there's some modalities like access consciousness. They say don't buy or tell the story ever, right? Um, and then other one, other sort of therapies that say, you know, that that literally they bank on five clients who will continue to come and tell the same story over and over again. And it's, it's used as a way to stay in victimhood, right? And so as Suzanne was saying, this is like, I, I am, 
one of the reasons that it's I'm excited that we're devoting several shows to this is I want to kind of unpack it and I want to talk about the how to do it in a way that's actually power transforms and allows you to actually let go of the story and to let go of it needing to be true and let go of it meaning you're a victim and let go of it meaning you're a hero and 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 kind of letting go of the meaning of it but as Suzanne said is that there's so many energies and emotions packed in the experience itself that if we don't honor it in some true way true to us then it gets locked up in there and you know and we've all seen people who've like yeah I I don't want to be like one of those people that is victim and about all these bad things happen to me so I'm just going on with my life meanwhile there's this trail of dead bodies behind them because their wound is playing out all over the place and it's something that that you know Suzanne and I have seen and you guys probably have too is like you know so much spiritual override of people I'm fine I, I I'm just going to think positive I am beautiful I am so you know, it is like but the but the but the energy underneath those experiences has not been released and when you when we can speak what occurred our version of the story because we have to remember that most story is absolutely true is all the way false it's not about true or false it's about honoring the energy in a way that allows us to transform it and and i i would like to toss in the word alchemy here a way that we literally can take coal and turn it into a diamond if we honor the process of this you know i was four years old and i was sitting there and i was terrified and you know all of that that allows that energy to be in in the in the space of a conscious witness in a space of a conscious witness a therapist a coach somebody you trust you know, I remember one time, um, Suzanne, you told me that you shared something uh, with somebody that you were going through and you said, like, I need you to know this isn't true. <laughs> I just need to say it. This isn't necessarily true. I just need to say it. And I think that's really, really useful in kind of either being a space for stories or actually being willing to say something in your life for the first time is realize that each one of us has a filter one of us has a way that we actually see a thing a particular thing and it's not necessarily true but it is our experience we have locked energy up in that experience and in my interesting point of view as spirits we actually chose a lot of those experiences from like 0 to 12 families where we knew we were going to have certain challenges and those challenges were going to to be twofold they were designed to help us grow and they were designed to um, unleash or catalyze or tap into certain genetic codes and certain capacities a lot of a lot of people who are abused it was an early tapping of psychic energies of intuitive abilities that got like opened in those experiences but the problem is now is that the genius and the trauma are now glued together so every time we go to express that genius our trauma is still kind of wrapped around it and so the telling of the story is a way to it is a is a reckoning in a way of like moving that energy through look at the potential gifts that are there and and um and healing it and you know there was this process that I and I don't know if you remember this Suzanne it was back in the days of ALC but I did this it was it's called the storytelling chair and what I would do is I would have somebody come up and I would have them tell their story just as it was and then I would have them tell it from the victim and then I would have them tell it from um uh the villain and have them tell it from the from gratitude as they process through different sort of energies 
And it was really fascinating to see the story change depending on the filter that the story was being told through. And so mm -hmm. it's like, it's such an amazing tool that I think has been used a lot negatively. And so I think a lot of people have thrown the baby out with the bathwater. But and I think you would, I mean, that's why we're having this series is because we want to have a discussion about it. We want to explore it further and deeper because, you know, we just saw 15, well, 17, 18, 19 people completely transform by their telling of a story in a particular way in a non-judgmental conscious witness space and have ever, like have their whole bodies change, their whole countenance change right in front of us. And so there's a power there, but I feel like we've we've kind of um, either overrode it or given it too much credence. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was super. It was incredible. I think, but Papa, the space that Papa held for us, because I feel like he um, really created that in between place, that balancing place of like honoring our story. And also, in a way, knowing that it wasn't ma making it not as significant. And so he would, um, I mean, he kind of was a wise uh, sage and then also like um, poo, poo bear, like combined. Like he was the sweetest and he was so playful. And so he would listen to our stories and then he would almost kind of poke fit a little bit, you know. And I think to um, to answer your question in the chat room, Bugatti, you were saying, how can we work on this without it being unhappy and serious? And I, I feel like that seriousness, you know, oftentimes when we're in, in intense seriousness, we're actually in a persona around the trauma and it, it, it contracts us even more. And so that part of like being able to get curious or even be a little bit playful with it, um, loosens it up a bit. And I would say Papa was incredible with that. Like, you know, can I tell on you, Megan, about the magic story? Can I tell that piece a bit as far as, like, you're greedy? Can I tell that part? Yes. Or, or I'm yeah. sure that's going to be but, on TV, too. And you're going to – here's the deal. We're only going to tell the very tiniest parts because there's a lot that we can't talk about until the show yeah. is actually released. Aired. But if yeah. you guys promise and pinky swear that you'll watch the show when it comes out, even if it might reveal little tiny bits of it, then we can tell it. Uh, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. So there was this cute, cute part where Megan was asking Papa about her magic and um, and – um, <laughs> and she asked basically for more magic, like I'd like more magic. And he, you know, got so like playful and he just looked at her and he was like, oh, you are so greedy. Like what, <laughs> what, what, why are you so greedy about the magic? Right. And it was just like the sweetest, cutest, like so playful moment. Um, and I saw that over and over again, like with, you know, because everybody was talking about their family and the and the Waichaha tribe were talking about their ancestry. And so when I sat with Papa, I I was like, honestly, Papa, like, I just have to admit to you, I just have to share with you, like, I really don't like my family. Like, I don't, I'm not interested in my family line. You know, I don't, I don't care about that. And I, I have some guilt and shame about that. Um, yeah, it makes me emotional because, um, you know, I've been basically running away from my family because of what Papa calls the rubbish, which is all the shit, you know, like all the trauma, all the abuse, all of the uh, codependency, all of the just addiction, like all of the shit of my family line. And so I'm sitting there with him and he is like so into ancestry and family. And I just said to him, hey, I just don't, I don't like my family. I don't want anything to do with my family. I've created my own children, my own family and my friends and my 
relationships so that I can stay away from my family mostly. Um, and so it was really like, I know we've got to go on break. And so I'll, um, I'll do that. And I'll tell you what he said when I came back. So um, come back to listen for more story time with Papa. You're listening to Love Life and All Things Weird, and we'll be back. Are you looking for a place to create, connect, and belong? Where you have massive encouragement to be the weird, live-outside-the-box person you truly are. If you've chosen a different path as a rebel, an innovator, a leader, entrepreneur, and changemaker, you're in the right place. On Love, Life, and All Things Weird, Megan and Suzanne bring you inspiration, awesome tools for transformation, and full permission to be you. Claim your weird and live your most ridiculous life. Be sure to listen every Wednesday at noon, Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Mountain Standard Time, on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. How long have you been waiting to uncloak your magic? To allow the magic within you to rise and catalyze into an extraordinary life deep down you know is possible. Live Your Magic is a two and a half day experience that will move you beyond your mind, ignite your body and activate the magic that is you. If you are ready to radically tap into your desires, generate more aliveness in your body and your life, then join us at a Live Your Magic event somewhere in the world. Go to megansolito.com and click on events to learn more today. That's M-E-G-A-N-S-I-L-L-I-T-O. This is Love, Life, and All Things Weird with hosts Megan Silito and Suzanne Stoffer. Are you scratching your head a bit? Let's chat. Call into the program today, and let's find some answers. If you're in the U.S., call 815-880-8255. In Canada, call 613-800-8736. Or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also ask questions or leave comments in our Facebook group, Weird on the Air with Megan and Suzanne. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, everybody. Um, so we are talking about stories, the stories um, that shape us and the sharing of our stories and what happens when we bring our stories um, together, you know, our stories of our stories of trauma, of loss, of strength, of joy, um, and how those stories can heal, inspire, and empower us, you know, to... Um, to choose something different and how the telling of those stories and the not uh, like honoring them and also not attaching too much to them and not getting distracted by them can be such a powerful way to live our lives. And so I was speaking about my time with Papa and, um, and uh, how I was saying, I don't want, I don't want anything to do with my family. Um, like my mom is so into genealogy and she gives us presents every year, every Christmas around genealogy in our family. And there's family reunions and like there's so much around family. And I just literally want to run away all the time. And so I'm sitting there with Papa saying, you know, basically admitting kind of in a shameful way, like I don't want anything to do with my family line. I don't understand why I chose to even come into this family line, you know. And it was so sweet because he just held my hand and he said, well, let's, um, he like, he's like, well, let's connect in with your nana. And I'm like, my mother's mother? And he was like, yes, your nana, because she has the magic and she has um, brought the magic to you. And and I was like, I don't even know her. I don't even know her name. My mother's mother died when she was four. We don't really talk of her. And and she and he said, Well, let's find her. And so he like held me. He um, gave me this big hug, and he tuned into my mother's mother. And I literally started to sob. I literally started to cry so hard um, because I connected in with a part of my family that actually felt like family, like it felt like love um, instead of, uh, you know, what I had experienced as abuse and expectation and, um, you know, like uh, like strings attached and, um, 
all of it, you know. Um, and so it was really incredible to feel her energy through him. And he said to me, you know, is there, he's like, let's leave this rubbish here. Let's leave this rubbish on the Mirai. Let's, uh, all of the trauma, all of the um, the stuff, like the shit, you know, like, can you leave it here and can you connect in with the pure, you know, pure, the pure magic of your matriarchal line? Um, and it was, and then he also told me that, you know, she, he believed that she, that her roots were in New Zealand and that actually that my ancestry is um, a part of the Waitaha tribe. His tribe is my tribe, which was such an incredible reveal and part of I feel like why I was so called to go there to because the minute that Megan said I'm going to have this experience of dream time Waitaha tribe I just started to bawl I didn't even know what the Waitaha tribe meant or what it was or anything but I literally just started to cry and I said if I were to have if I I I would want to have that experience I would want to be able to go there like I there's something about that tribe and, um, you know, and then a few days later, um, Sprite and um, uh, Robin invited me to come um, to be part of the dream time. So it's such an incredible once in a lifetime experience. And I can't tell you how much healing just in the 40 minutes that I was sat with Papa and told um, part of my story. Uh, and so, you know, for those of you who are listening now or in the future, I, I I would ask you to tune in to, you know, what 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 stories um, what stories do you have that that need to be told, or what stories have um, can create more? Um, because we're we've been talking a lot about our stories of trauma or woundedness, but there's also, you know, our stories of magic, our stories of miracles, our stories of incredible synchronicities, you know, that um, we, you know, I, Megan and I both have on the daily, right, as far as just so much magic um, in our lives. And those stories um, deserve to be told too. I find that even those, even like the best, best stories of the most amazing things, sometimes I don't even tell those stories because I don't want to make anybody feel bad about my magical life. You know, like if they're having a rough time, I'm not going to talk about the crazy magic that I'm living, you know, um, because I don't, you know, I don't want to be the tall poppy or I don't want to be like bragging or whatever, right? So I think it can go both ways as far as like what stories are, what stories on both ends do we need to do we need to tell that would both be healing and empowering for us but also inspiring and and empowering for others too i'm one of the that i that i love to do and that you can look at in any story and and something that i want to say is if you're telling a story to to a friend to get a thing or to get agreement, that's a story. That's a way that you're trapping yourself into a story, right? You really want to. If you've got a story to tell, you want to seek out somebody who can be a space, uh, a non-judgmental space, to just be fully present with you. It's like I have to tell somebody. I I have to tell somebody this. You know. Um, but one of the things that I really love to do, like in my workshops is to, and I do this in session too, but like I look at any story that somebody tells me, I'm always looking at it from the perspective of what's the gift, what was their strength or potency that came through? Because if you, the, the big things in our lives, you know, the, the traumas and the triumphs, if you actually go below the what happened bit and you go into who was I being and what did I choose, you'll find magic there. And I think 
that's the power of telling a story is because there's magic there. There's a there's a process that I really love doing um and it's where I take some a moment that somebody had that was triumphant or a powerful moment. And I actually have people tell it tell the 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 most energetic part of the story Maybe it's like 30 seconds or one minute and I slow them down and I have them tell it as though it's happening right now. And then I ask, who are you in that moment? And who they are in that moment is the words that they're using point in the direction of their very, their very being, their very infinite self, their greatest potencies, their greatest genius are happening in those moments and those same things show up in the other moments as well. Like, I would say that one of my biggest sort of uh, defining events and undefining events, um, you know, in the moment that it was occurring, you know, is where my facilitator was born. And it was terrifying and it was scary and I've had to unpack it for years and years and years. But my also triggered that ability of me, of, that I have to sit with anybody that's experienced anything and to love them no matter what and to be that healing force in the face of the worst cities. Like in the early days when I did more trauma work, I I heard worst things that humanity has to offer as far as how it people, right? And there was a way that I could sit with those things because of my story, because of what I went through, and because I was able to get out of the I'm a victim of what happened and actually see the gift in it allows me to access my magic on a daily basis because of that moment. Mm-hmm. And so there's there's underneath the words, and that's the other thing is is words are kind of clunky, right? The words can only point us in the direction of the experience of the energy. That's why we say no story is totally true and no story is totally false. The the words we're saying and the energy we're expressing is really like pointing in the direction of something. But I promise you, anything that's stuck in you or that you're not willing to tell or not willing to speak, I promise you there is potency and magic underneath it. And that's why we tell it. Because we want to alchemize the, the the sadness and the hurt and the anger and the, ah, you know. We want to take that energy and let it move through and let it organize itself in a new way and let us see our potency and our magic. So, babe, would you share then that moment of um, recognizing that your facilitator came through? Like, would you share more of that story for the people? Because I think that it's an incredible story and a very, very powerful story, some of the um, the, the context of, of that. And when... Did you realize it was your facilitator that got born through that? Like, how, what was the process um, of you recognizing the gift or the magic in that traumatic story? Hmm. Uh, thank you for that invitation. Um, I okay. So, growing up, I had I was adopted into my grandparents' family. Um, and because um, they already had 13 kids and they were already pretty established and I came into the family quite late and so my brothers and sisters were quite a bit older than me the closest brother in age was seven years and most most of the kids in that family were um, you know 10 to my oldest sister was 28 years older than me so they were kind of all adults Um, I just wanted to kind of give that reference point um, because my brother was 18 years older than me or something like that but he had epilepsy and what we didn't know back then was that um, he was on phenobarbital and what we didn't know back then is that phenobarbital um, 
actually created a form of schizophrenia. And so what would happen is is that my brother would um uh he would all of a sudden uh, some kind of switch would flip and he would go into this rage and I, I would kinda like to the Incredible Hulk because he got very strong. Um he tended to sort of um target my mother and in a very abusive way and then my brothers and or my father would try to step in but he was so strong like I saw him throw my brother um out of a window like literally pick him up and throw him out of a window so he would be incredibly strong incredibly potent in this in all of these times and my um my mom when he would get triggered she couldn't protect me because he would go for her and so she would tell me to go hide almost all the time. But in this particular case, which is was probably the biggest uh, the the biggest event that occurred, um, he basically was rampaging through the house and and like beating people. And my it was the middle of winter, and my brothers escaped like on snowmobiles, and uh, he was hurting my mother and I didn't know how but she was screaming and then it stopped so I thought he'd killed everybody and I was hiding in the bedroom at the time and as luck would have it I had to pee <laughs> I was unwilling I was unwilling to pee the floor and in fact he came in the room looking for me at one point and I it was interesting because my father years ago had taught me how to go invisible so I went I did the invisible shield underneath the bed when he was trying to see. Uh, but and then eventually the, the having to pee got me, man. So I was standing at the end of the hall, and he had this, I don't know if it was a tube, but it was, a, it was just a big gun. And he just, like, cocked it and pointed at me. And I just, I said, hi, Ken, go into the bathroom, <laughs> you know. And, um, <laughs> like, it was no big deal, like, it's just Saturday morning, and I'm peeing, you know. And but I was really, really terrified inside. And I remember uh, somehow from there, I ended up in this den with him, with talking to him. I was like nine or ten years old at the time, and he was pointing this big gun at me. And there was this moment that he said he was going to kill that bloody bitch, meaning my mother. And I realized that she was alive in that moment, and it relieved me. And then something popped in, and I literally just started talking to him. And I just said, I just started asking him questions and asking him why he was so angry and why he was so sad. And, like, it literally, literally, like, calmed him down. And I just was this space where he put the gun down and, like, just totally dissipated all of the energy. And... um I I didn't know it at the time. I didn't know it until I unpacked the story that it was that it was actually a very powerful story, you know. And um then then all of a sudden the house was surrounded with a SWAT team because he was in there with me and everybody else had gotten out of the house. And so my my mom and dad were super worried for me and he'd locked up the house and um it, it's kind of an interesting thing because my father told me to open the door and he oh, he cocked, he turned the gun back on and pointed at my head and told me, don't you dare. To this day, I don't know whether I opened the door or whether the SWAT team opened the door. But there was just like this place of, for a lot, you know, in our family, um, we kept family business, family business. So even to tell this on a radio show is kind of a big deal. Like I don't, I will tell parts of the story or whatever, like just quickly as an example. And I haven't really gone through the whole story in any kind of public way before. But like for me, like there was a lot of um, PTSD that I had to unwind with regards to that. Okay. I also learned how empathic my brother was and how he was running all the family and, you know, a lot of stuff, you know, a lot of awarenesses came through that experience. But it wasn't until I actually really sat and told, you know, a facilitator and saw the power in that nine-year-old to hold this great big space 
for this person that everybody in my family was. They all left the house. They left the nine-year-old in the house, you know. And, and mm-hmm. it was the moment that my family finally decided to quit hiding this was going on and actually get him help because they realized that they had put me in that kind of danger. They put our whole family in that kind of danger. So for the first time in that experience, my brother got help and he was sent away mm-hmm. for him to get the help that he needed. And he was a very different person after that. So mm-hmm. that's, Thank that's you. the moment my facilitator uh, was born and, and that it actually changed something that had been raising my family essentially for almost 20 years. Like everybody was scared mm-hmm. of this energy that would come up and we would all scurry and it was all hidden. And till that day where it all went kaboom. And um, mm-hmm. so I think it, I think it's a power story now. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank you for sharing all that, sharing all the details of that. And it's such, such an incredible thing to, to see you as that nine-year-old, um, knowing exactly how to be with him to um, dissipate all of that intensity and all of that and, and how much, how truly gifted you are as a coach because you can be with that kind of energy and any other energy and know what to do and know how to be specifically the energy that you be so I feel like it's an incredible, incredible, incredible story. And thank you for sharing. And we'll, we've got to go on our last break. You're listening to Love, Life, and All Things Weird. And we'll be back. Are you looking for a place to create, connect, and belong? Where you have massive encouragement to be the weird, live-outside-the-box person you truly are. If you've chosen a different path as a rebel, an innovator, a leader, entrepreneur, and changemaker, you're in the right place. On Love, Life, and All Things Weird, Megan and Suzanne bring you inspiration, awesome tools for transformation, and full permission to be you. Claim your weird and live your most ridiculous life. Be sure to listen every Wednesday at noon, Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Mountain Standard Time, on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is Love, Life, and All Things Weird with hosts Megan Silito and Suzanne Stopper. Are you scratching your head a bit? Let's chat. Call into the program today and let's find some answers. If you're in the U.S., Call 815-880-8255. In Canada, call 613-800-8736. Or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also ask questions or leave comments in our Facebook group. Weird on the Air with Megan and Suzanne. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, everybody. You, you are listening to Story Time here on <laughs> Love Life and All Things Weird. And I wanted to um, talk about what Megan is up to. Um, she's heading out to Dallas right now to do a, a dream time um, with a group in Dallas Um that is her sharing the energy and the magic of um, dream time with the Waitaha tribe and um, really the unconditional love that we experienced um, while we were there. So, and um, so if you want to get on a plane and um, go to Dallas. I, is there any spots left for Dallas? It's this Saturday, um, right? Um, there's there's the still th- one spot open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This so Saturday, if, you, if you're feeling called, yeah. 
One of the one of the uh, things that I will be doing is to um, actually have people sharing a particular kind of story in a particular kind of way, so that you guys actually can experience the potency and magic of it. And I will also be doing a dream time, um, I believe, March 16th, like a month later in Salt Lake City. And there's still like four or five openings for that. And then I'm um, uh, looking at potentially doing one in the Bay Area a little bit later. But um, I'm I'm going to, as much as possible, recreate the sacred experience of of the Mirai and of just the energy of pure unconditional love and um, healing the, 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 the core pieces that are holding us back. So that's the intention so, of the time, and we're going to have a lot of fun too. Yeah, so if you want more information about that, you can go to megansilito.com and go into your programs, um, and there's a drop-down menu that talks about Dreamtime, or if you have questions about it, you can uh, message Megan through Facebook Matter um, or whatever, right? Like you can email her or even just um, phone her, text her. Um, so they're the, they're, it's a very intimate group. I think there's only 10 spots for each, for each Dreamtime that you're doing. Is that correct, Megan? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, it's one-on-one facilitation. It's an, an incredible activation, and I would say exchange of energy um, that really you just—it's it, powerful. I would say, like, um, I am still in this integration process from being with Papa in Dream Time with these amazing conscious uh, women that came together for the Awakening Giants um, reality TV show. And it's still, I'm still, I'm blown with the love and the energy that um, was there. And, you know, when I, when we got on the bus and left the Mirai, I was literally sobbing. I didn't want to go. I didn't want to leave. Um, uh, and what was so amazing about it is that I brought it, I brought that energy with me and we brought that energy with us and um and it's been a really incredible healing process for us individually but also for our relationship too it's like when you really lean into the healing um and to the the you know like we were specifically working on our mother wound which you can hear more about that we did a show about it last week so you can go to inspacesnetwork.com and look on click on the archives if you missed that show um around healing the mother wound but it's been an an incredible um process because we've been working on mother wound stuff for a long time like me I've been I mean so many years and that's these stories and these traumas and this these original wounds that are still showing up they're still circulating in our lives because um, because we're learning from them still. We're up-leveling through the process. We're, whenever we're triggered, whenever there's a story to tell, whenever there's um, a- anything like that, it really is an opportunity um, and a chance to, um, to grow and to move forward and to create a new, uh, a new future in a way for all of us, you know. So uh, even though it's uncomfortable sometimes with, you know, with stories that come up or with this trauma that comes up or these energies or feelings that come up, so see it as a true opportunity to to heal, to move forward, to uh, create more and to really share uh, what I've, works through in order to um, inspire and empower others to do the same. Hmm. I love that. Um, It's, I feel like there's this place where there's this shift happening on the planet um, and a lot of people who are in this conversation, healing and transformation and consciousness, we feel it, we know it. We can like, yeah, and I can 
I don't know, like, I feel like, hmm, I feel like that that a lot of us are kind of hitting that, we've done a lot of work, we've, we've pulled out a lot of, you know, and there's like some of these core pieces I feel are coming to the surface to be transformed, to be alchemized into the power that they truly are. And because, like, we're going through this massive change as a planet, as a species. We're in this grand metamorphosis. And I don't know of one person in my world that isn't in some form of chrysalis right now. And the chrysalis is that that space where the caterpillar is at the mush. And it's not the caterpillar, but it's not the butterfly. But I don't know. Um, in in this 10 seconds, my, my sense and my awareness that the entire planet is in some form of chrysalis right now of like we're awakening to ourselves we're awakening to consciousness and like how can we be a support of one another and space holding of one another to to really like to really empower ourselves to move through those core wounds once and for all so that we can step into the power and the magic that we really are and like um and we can't do it by overriding it we can't do it by pretending we can't do it by you know asking enough questions or or saying enough affirmations like we've we've got to some of these pieces we have to step through not because it's like um it has to be hard or anything like that, but because there's magic and power there, and we need that for the new world that we're creating. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, if you've ever noticed in, in fairy tales, the dragons all, you know, the cave is being guarded by the dragons, but there's always like diamonds or some cool shit in that cave, right? It's like, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta go through the dragons to get to diamonds or to get to the, to the chalice or whatever it is. And and the truth is is that when we when we tell one of our stories, an important story, from that space of knowing that it's not absolutely true, but also that that you're telling it to get that gold. <laughs> you're telling it to get that space of who you actually are, um, then this story can be powerful and it can be profound. What do you want to say to that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so next group, we're going to continue story time. It's called From Trauma to Triumph, and we're really telling the stories of hidden trauma and shame to bring attention to those, like the slivers, right, that are, that are from childhood, the slivers underneath the skin that, if left untouched, get infected and cause pain, but when we actually bring them out with love, they heal and it turns into magic. So um, I'll be sharing about my near-death experience. So come back for more of that next week. Love to all of you. Bye. Thank you for listening to Love, Life, and All Things Weird. We will be back next Wednesday at noon Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. Be sure to tune in for more tips and tools on how to claim your marvelous